are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio, 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What's good? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about honorable fighters and athletes, how they got started in the game, and where they are now. So here we are again. We're almost there, guys. Episode number 40 is coming up in two weeks. And actually, in two weeks, we have so many great fights um, lined up. We have um, the fight, the boxing fight, the phenomenal fight between um, Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev. Man, that fight is going to be phenomenal. Obviously, we're going to be breaking it down, I, I think, in two weeks because the fight is supposed to be on the 28th. So... Yeah, I think that'll be in two weeks. And, well, actually, we don't have any fights that I know of coming up this weekend. So, yeah. I'm just going to be breaking down the fights that happened on the UFC 216 card. So, you know, that's still going to be pretty exciting. You know, as I was breaking down the fights for you guys last week, it was it was extremely, extremely exciting. And now that the events have actually taken place, they're still so exciting. And I know everybody out there is still talking about the fight, uh, the fights that happened on Saturday night for UFC 216. So obviously, obviously, we're going to be well, not not like too much in detail, but the most important fights, we're going to be talking about them and like what happened and um some of the controversy, some of the phenomenal performances that the fighters put on on Saturday night. We're going to be definitely talking about that. So as I said, there's no, uh, you know, interesting fight cards coming up this weekend. But we have some. What do we have? Yes. So for the weekend of October 21st, uh, we have Donald Cowie Cerrone fighting on that card he's headlining that card so for the week leading up to that fight we're definitely going to be breaking down that fight but that's not again that's not this weekend that's for the week after so oh yeah i have a few mma headliners lined up for you guys that i mean i know recently we haven't really talked about a lot about what's going on in the news and whatnot but today i really thought that we should kind of bring this up especially because i think uh, we've already talked about this here on TKO. So, okay, guys, that's what's lined up for today. And I hope you're excited because I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty, pretty pumped up, even though, no, we don't have any fights coming up. Man, I've said this like a million times now, but I'm, I still can't get over it, man. Like, after such a phenomenal fight card this past Saturday, I mean, you would really expect something to happen to actually be coming up this upcoming weekend but no unfortunately i mean you can always just watch old fights or fights from the 80s boxing fights from the 80s those are always fun and uh just just you know the pride fights uh the pride fights back in the day in the in the late 90s and early 2000s those are always fun i never get tired of watching those you can just watch those on youtube so, yeah, if you really want to watch some fights, I would say watch those. 
Or if you want to prepare yourself, mentally prepare yourself for the fights that we're going to be talking about in the upcoming episodes, you can just watch a couple of fights from Anthony Joshua, watch a couple of fights from um, Kubrat Pulev and um, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. I mean, these are all phenomenal fighters. So if you really want to watch some fights, just watch some of their previous fights. And trust me, you'll not get tired or bored or anything. You will definitely like it. Yeah. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so here's the headline that I really want to talk about here on TKO. So uh, as we already mentioned on TKO a few episodes back, well, we we all know who Mark Hunt is. Mark Hunt is a phenomenal heavyweight fighter in the UFC. He's challenged many, many guys, many, many tough guys in the heavyweight division. Unfortunately, he hasn't uh, really been able to challenge the champion at the UFC for, for the belt, for the heavyweight belt. Not yet. And like he hasn't really done that in the past. But that doesn't take away anything from how phenomenal of a fighter and how powerful and deadly of a, of a knockout, or you could say, <laughs> Mark Hunt is. So... Mark Hunt, like he, he's a veteran of the sport. He has been fighting ever since the early 2000s and pride. And, you know, he, he's one of those real OGs, you could say, that got started from Japan. All of those um, MMA fights, all of those pride fights in Japan. He, he got started from those. And now he's in the UFC. But, okay, like recently, his, his recent fights don't really match up to, obviously don't really match up to how he used to be in the past. So as of recently, okay, I feel like like this takes a lot of time to talk about, especially because the background, I feel like you really need to talk about the background of uh, the issues that Mark Hunt is going through because otherwise you're not going to you know fully understand what I'm going to be talking about. Okay, so I mean, yes, I've already talked about this and I'm really trying to go through this like as quickly as I can because I feel like this is essential to talk about. So Mark Hunt, as you guys might, might remember, he was supposed to fight on on the UFC 200 card last year, okay? And um, we all know that was a pretty significant card because UFC 200, woohoo, you know, like a significant number or whatever. And uh, they all tried to line up the best fights that they could. And so they lined up Mark Hunt against Brock Lesnar. And you guys know Brock Lesnar from the WWE. And Brock Lesnar is a former heavyweight champion at the UFC. So Brock Lesnar fought Mark Hunt because Mark Hunt is just a beast of a fighter. And everybody was just thinking, man, this is going to be a freak show. And man, what's going to happen? This fight is going to be so interesting to watch and blah, blah, blah. And then the fight happened. We saw Brock Lesnar being extremely powerful and just so jacked, okay? And so as a result, I'm not going to say what actually, you know, the details of the fight, but as a result, Mark Hunt lost through decision. And then a few weeks after, it was revealed that, uh, excuse me, Brock Lesnar was actually on the juice, meaning that he was um, using steroids prior to his fight with Mark Hunt at UFC 200. And so that and okay, the the main point about this is that although Brock Lesnar was fighting while he was on the juice, he still got paid about six million dollars allegedly just from the fight, not counting uh, all the pay-per-view numbers. Not considering those, he was supposedly uh, paid $6 million for that fight. And Mark Hunt, he was paid less than a million dollars, which is, you know, 
it's still so much less than what Brock Lesnar made. I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's a lot for you and I, but it's still, when, you, when you're comparing it to the amount of money that Brock Lesnar got, it's not a lot. And so because of that, because of the steroid issue and the pay issue, Mark Hunt started speaking out against the UFC, especially the president of the UFC, Dana White, and he started calling them out. And he actually filed a lawsuit against the UFC and he was just um, he was calling out other fighters too to form a fighter union so that things are going to be fair once again for uh, for the fighting community and whatnot but you know his efforts I, I think they're still ongoing but no concrete results yet and then Mark Hunt, ever since then, he fought a few other guys. He fought Alistair Overeem. But, you know, uh, like he, his performance has definitely declined, as I said before, ever since the time that he was, you know, at his prime in, in the early 2000s. But he's still a phenomenal fighter now. Okay. He has a fight coming up. He was supposed to fight Marcin Tabura. And then randomly just out of nowhere mark hunt just comes out on social media saying that man okay uh, even though i have this fight coming up i'm just having brain issues and whatnot i'm slurring words and what the ufc has done is that they have actually removed mark hunt because of the things that he said about himself on social media and then mark hunt is actually replaced with Fabricio Verdum, who he had faced before, you know, way in the past. And Fabricio Verdum has also been accused of um, using steroids in the past. So as you can imagine, Mark Hunt isn't isn't pretty happy with all of this. And he's just, uh, you know, calling everybody names. And it's just so frustrated. And it's totally understandable because, you know, you're, you're trying so hard to... Uh, bring food to your family and you know make money for your family and just keep fighting even though even though you're old and you know your performance has been going up and down but still like you're doing all this for your family and you really need the money but then the UFC out of nowhere they just remove you from your fight because of what you said and so Mark Hunt is this extremely extremely mad at the UFC and he's threatened to file another uh, lawsuit against the UFC so you know as you can imagine there's a lot of controversy around that and the another thing to consider is that Fabricio Verdum just fought okay he just fought on Saturday night and now he's supposed to fight again in, in about less than a month so you know it doesn't really make sense because they really want to fill in that empty spot they just brought in a random guy who who's a well-known fighter but does he really deserve to fight on that card you know it's like they're taking taking the glory away from mark hunt it, it was supposed to be a fight in his co home country and now they're just taking everything away from him and honestly to be fair with you i mean it's not fair i personally wouldn't do that to mark hunt especially a guy of that legacy you know, a guy of that power and talent, I wouldn't do it to him at all. And I don't know what's going on with the UFC. Maybe they're just focusing on the young talent nowadays. But, okay, you shouldn't forget about who really made your organization famous, who brought fame to your organization. And Mark Hunt is definitely one of those guys, one of those pioneers in the sport. So, 
Yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to do with that. It's just so frustrating. I feel like, especially for the fans, not not even for Mark Hunt. I mean, I know it's super, super hard for Mark Hunt, but especially for the fans, the fans really want to see that fight. And now you're just replacing it with Fabrice Verdum. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, anyway, so I just want to put that out there because I thought, you know, it's really not fair what's, what Mark Hunt is going through and... I feel like the fighters too, they should speak up. If you, In case you guys didn't know, there is this act called the Ali Act. So Muhammad Ali fought for this, uh, for this legislation and it's actually been approved. And it states that, okay, if you're a fighter, it's not like a, a, in the past that your promoter was making all the decisions for you and you were basically a slave under, under his um, power. What, what the Ali Act says is that you have autonomy as a fighter. You have uh, the right to make decisions for yourself and your promoter can always make decisions for you or force you to do things that you don't want to do or, you know, things like that. So I feel like in this case, especially um, the, the whoever's considering this case, especially if Mark Hunt does legit file a lawsuit against the UFC again they need to consider the Ali Act and in this case I really think that they're even by 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 the tiniest bit they're still violating the Ali Act so yeah yeah it's just so frustrating and yeah I just want to put it out there what else do we have lined up for today yes of course we're gonna be talking about all the phenomenal fights that happen on UFC 216 of course yes so let's turn to turn to all the positivity and all the phenomenal talent and performances on that fight card anyway so moving on to the main card of ufc 216 uh, i'm just gonna get started with the fights that i actually previewed last time so i remember that we talked about the fight between benil daryush and evan dunham so benil daryush and evan dunham <laughs> It was such a phenomenal fight because in the very first round, I remember Benil Darius just came out guns blazing, even though he was still not, you know, he didn't deliver the same amount of um, speed and agility that he usually does in his fights. But on the other hand, Evan Dunham too, he, he was also pretty slow in the very first round. However, one of Benil Darius's punches actually worked on Evan Dunham and um, he actually went down and he was knocked down. And uh, Benil Darius, just like I said, because his agility was just, it wasn't the same and he was kind of slow in that fight. Even though he was grounding and pounding Evan Dunham, it wouldn't work because Evan Dunham too, he was trying to get away from his, uh, from his punches, but he too was still too slow. So it was just like, you know, it was interesting to watch, but at the same time, as a fan, you were just hoping, like, you were just thinking, man, can you just get any faster? Like, can you just, you know, keep up the pace a bit? Because, it like, the opportunity was there, but if Benil Darius had just picked up the pace just by a little bit, he would have finished Evan Dunham in the very first round, but unfortunately he didn't because he was just a bit too slow. And so the first round ended, and Benil Darius, because of all that effort that he wasted on Evan Dunham in the very first round, obviously was tired. And so in the second and the third round, now Benil Darius was exhausted, but it felt like Evan Dunham was regaining all, all of his energy and um, it felt like he was just getting warmed up in the very first round. And that's why, maybe that's why that he was so slow in the very first round. But 
He picked up the pace, but he still wasn't as fast in that fight. And both of them, towards the third round, they were extremely exhausted. And, you know, it, it was just a brawl overall. But personally, after after the fight finished, I would have given it given the fight to Evan Dunham through a split decision, personally. However, the judges actually saw it as a draw. And it does make sense, but... I mean, personally, I would have given it to Evan Dunham. But overall, good job to both guys. What a phenomenal fight that was. And uh, what a great way to open up the main card. Okay, anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, I should probably talk about this right now. So remember that last week we talked about the fight between Fabricio Verdum and Derek Lewis? Well, turns out on the on the day of the fight of UFC 216, Derek Lewis pulls out of the fight because his back was hurting. Yeah, he was taken to the hospital and he couldn't really get out of his bed. And so on the very <laughs> on the very last minute, Walt Harris actually replaced Derek Lewis and he was on the preliminary card and now he's fighting for sure Doom, the former heavyweight champion. On the main card of this card, man, that's phenomenal for him. And so the fight starts, and then Walt Harris, he's, he's actually a good striker, and he tries to throw a lot of punches towards Fabricio Verdum, but Fabricio Verdum, um, he just feels so confident in himself and um, doesn't feel intimidated at all. And so he is trying to maneuver uh, all, all of, in counteract, basically, uh, everything that is being uh, thrown towards him and being done towards him. And so he takes it to the ground. He takes the fight to the ground and through submission. And after after like 30 seconds, he's able to submit Walt Harris. And, um, you know, he, he went for an armbar. And even before uh, Fabricio Verdum completed the, the submission act, so before he actually did the armbar, Walt Harris actually tapped. So... I mean, that's totally understandable again. Like, this is not the fight that you prepare for. And you just don't want to sustain any stupid injuries from, from that armbar. So, it makes sense because even before that, uh, before Fabricio Verdun went for that armbar, uh, Walt Harris already knew that he was losing the fight. So, he just thought to himself, okay, I'm just going to tap out because this, this fight is over anyway. So, again, that's understandable. But good job to both guys, especially Walt Harris, because he took the fight on, on sh such short notice. And um, for Bishop Doom for just coming out there and making a comeback. And yeah, man, now, as I said before, he's fighting Marcin Tabora uh, in, uh, <laughs> on the fight that Mark Hong was supposed to fight. But... You know, that's none of her business, I think. But, you know, I I mean, not to take away anything from how phenomenal of a fighter Fabricio Verdum is. He's actually one of my favorite fighters. But it's just, you know, the unfairness of the situation is what makes me question the whole thing. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So, coming back to UFC 216. Okay. What do we have over here? Okay. Yes. The co-main event of the evening. Man, 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 man. What a phenomenal fight. Denisha Smitty Mouse Johnson fought Ray Borg. And man, okay, both guys looked phenomenal. Okay, I just keep saying phenomenal because it's actually true. It's the only word that could properly describe all the fights that happened on this card. Denisha Smitty Mouse Johnson, he looks so calm and just so confident in himself okay like you know how when sometimes fighters are walking into the into the ring or the cage and 
they just don't look like they're mentally there. Demetrius Mindmouth Johnson just it felt like his soul was already present in the in the octagon and he was just there just chilling just just another day at practice or something that was how chill and relaxed Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson was and Ray Borg too he I mean of course he's fighting the greatest of all time but he still he didn't really lose lose um his self-esteem you could say he was still pretty confident but of course not as relaxed and confident as Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson in this case anyway so the fight starts Ray Borg was actually doing pretty good in the in the very first round and he did throw um a, a lot of shots towards Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson but Demetrius was just too good for that you know like he would uh, duck away from those punches and he would try to uh basically uh go around ray borg and um man I, everything that i say about demetrius mighty mouse johnson is simply not enough because demetrius mighty mouse johnson is just another beast from a whole another planet and i mean i don't know what he's doing here man like he needs to reach for the top he's already at the top but it's just that Whoever fights Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, they're just not nearly as good as how he is, man. Like, oh, man, I just lose my words when I talk about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson because that's how good he is. Anyways, coming back to the fight. <laughs> coming back to the fight, um, Ray Borg, actually, in the, very, in, the, in the first few rounds, you could say, he even was successful with a few takedowns of himself. But again, just like I said, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, even though he was um, taken down a few times, if you looked at his face, no change in facial facial expression whatsoever. And he just looked so calm. And he knew what he was doing every step of the way. He knew what he was doing. And then so the, the fight actually went the full five rounds. However, he was actually submitted. Ray Borg was actually submitted. Unfortunately... And it was in the in the fashion that you can never really think of, okay? So Demetrius Mighty Mouth Johnson tries to take down Ray Borg. And Ray Borg, until this point, he has received so many blows to the head and he's just so exhausted, but he doesn't give in at all. And then Demetrius Mighty Mouth Johnson, he basically tries to suplex Ray Borg. However, while Ray Borg is still midair and in the air, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson grabs his arm, grabs Ray Borg's arm, and he goes for an armbar and like in the air. And that's just some <laughs> some sort of things that ninjas would do, as other people would say too. That's just some like ninja 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 stuff okay and then he goes to the ground obviously and the way man the way the armbar was positioned it was it looked so horrific and it just felt like he was gonna pop out ray borg's entire arm and um ray borg unfortunately he just tapped out because he couldn't really take it anymore and it just looked so extremely dangerous man Anyway, so good job to both guys. Obviously, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson now set a new record for the most title defenses ever in the UFC. And Ray Bork, man, like he was doing so well until that very uh, that very moment where where he got submitted. But still, that doesn't take away anything from how amazing of a fighter he is. And Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, of course, he's the greatest of all time. And again, that night, he proved that he was the greatest of all time. Anyway, there you have that. 
Moving on to the main event of the evening, Hala, Tony Ferguson versus Kevin Lee. So one thing to point out is that Kevin Lee, so, okay, the the day, 24 hours before the weigh-ins for this fight, Kevin Lee was weighing at 174 pounds. How, how much he's supposed to weigh in at? 155 pounds. He had to lose over 20 pounds for over like within 24 hours and as you can imagine that just takes so much away from your your body strength and just how like that just ruins everything all all the all the efforts that you put in to 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 fight your opponent that just takes everything away and i really don't know why he he just left the all that weight to be <laughs> to be deducted until the very last minute and actually when the first time that he weighed in he was still one pound over what he was supposed to weigh in at and so he was given one hour to lose one pound and like he was successful kevin lee was successful but still like that just takes so much away from you as a fighter and that just really really gassed you out before even before the fight so coming into the fight you're just so gassed out from that from that uh, trying to cut the weight and so it's just i don't know why he did that man like it, it's probably something that his team was supposed to tell him even i knew it even i would say if you're trying to make weight if you have that much weight to cut for a fight at least try to start cutting weight from at least at least a month before so that you don't have to stress out about it you don't have to put your body through so much only 24 hours man okay I'm just so done because this is so frustrating to me. And I just don't understand how his his coaches, his camp didn't tell him that. OK, anyway, so with whatever suffering <laughs> he he actually was able to make way, Kevin Lee was able to make way. And so coming into the fight, both guys were extremely confident. Kevin Lee just looked like he was going to come out there in his mindset. He was thinking that he was going to finish Tony Ferguson. And then Tony Ferguson came in. He was extremely confident and just playful. You know how Tony Ferguson is. And um, the fight starts. Ooh, Kevin. Oh, man. In the first, first, first round, the two are going back and forth. And one man throws one punch. The other gets knocked down. The other one gets up throws another punch the other one gets knocked down and it's basically like that so from that only you can see how close these fighters are in terms of um you know how similar their styles are how similar their power and and um, stamina is but unfortunately in this case <laughs> it was so bad i mean and the even between the rounds in between the rounds kevin lee said to his coach i'm feeling so tired and Kevin Lee, too, another thing to point out, he was going through a staph infection on his chest. So it's just, I don't know if you could call it luck or whatever, if he could actually control it or not. But Kevin Lee was just unlucky that night. And um, in, the, in the third round, actually, Tony Ferguson, because Kevin Lee was just so exhausted from all that weigh-in and all the, all the um, antibiotics for the staph infection and everything that was leading up to that moment tony ferguson took down kevin lee and he submitted kevin lee through a arm triangle and um you know it, that the position that kevin lee was in it's not really a position that we would normally get submitted in but oh well because he was so exhausted he just gave in and congratulations to tony ferguson for becoming the 
for becoming the lightweight interim champion of the UFC. And still, hats off to Kevin Lee for just putting putting out such a great performance despite all the things that he went through. And um, there was so much respect between these two. And I, I, I mean, ever since that night, actually, I became a huge Kevin Lee fan. And I was already a huge fan of Tony Ferguson. So kudos to everybody who fought on this fight card. And yeah, man, there you have that. So looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that's all the time we're going to have for this week. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with TKO. And until next time, it's your girl Janad right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.